For I've had enough of this world and its pleasures. I will arise and go forth to the house of my young. I will arise and go forth to the house of my father. I will arise and go forth to the house of my young. House of my young. Shalom, and welcome to today's teaching on the Hebraic roots of Christianity, where we study first century Christianity and the faith that Jesus, whose Hebrew name is Yeshua, which means salvation, taught his disciples. And now, Hebraic roots teacher Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries International. Shalom. I'm Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries, and we welcome you to today's teaching on the subject our spiritual journey from Egypt to the Promised Land. This is part 12 of the series. So now that we understand that Yeshua gave the Torah at Mount Sinai, how are we to follow His Torah? Following Yeshua's Torah falls into two main biblical categories. Those commandments and those things that we do to demonstrate that we love the Lord our God with all of our heart, all of our soul, all of our mind, and all our strength. And the second major category regards learning and understanding the proper way to treat other people. And this is expressed by the biblical commandment of loving your neighbor as yourself based upon the principle, do unto others as you would want them to do unto you. The God of Israel wants his people to know him intimately. And knowing the God of Israel intimately entails knowing his character, knowing his attributes. In this teaching, we're going to look at four main attributes that are associated with the God of Israel, his kingdom, and his throne. And they are the following. Truth, which is the Hebrew word emet. Mercy, which is the Hebrew word chesed. Righteousness, which is the Hebrew word zedekah. And judgment, which is the Hebrew word mishpat. So the Torah of Yeshua is broken down into those commandments which demonstrate loving him with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength, and those commandments regarding the proper way to treat other people. The main word used in the Bible that demonstrates and teaches how the God of Israel wants us to treat other people is the Hebrew word mishpat. The plural is mishpatim. So we're going to look at these things in their detail in this part of the teaching. So at Mount Sinai, not only did Yeshua give the Torah to his people, but at Mount Sinai, he entered into a marriage relationship with his people, the house of Jacob. The terms and the conditions of this marriage is based upon keeping his commandments or following his Torah. In Exodus chapter 19 verse 3, we're told that the people who came to Mount Sinai is the house of Jacob. 
The house of Jacob consisted all those who put the blood of the lamb on the doorpost and came out of Egypt. They consisted of the physical descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob who put the blood of the lamb on the doorpost, as well as the non-physical descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob who put the blood of the lamb on the doorpost. And the non-physical descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob who put the blood of the lamb on the doorpost is called in Exodus chapter 12 verse 38, the mixed multitude. So the house of Jacob is the nation of Israel. So Yeshua gave the Torah to the house of Jacob or the nation of Israel in the form of a marriage offer or a marriage agreement. The terms of this marriage is outlined in Exodus in chapter 19 verse 5 where it is written, If you will obey my voice and keep my covenant, that means to follow my Torah, then you shall be a peculiar treasure unto me above all people, for all the earth is mine. And you shall be unto me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. The people accepted this marriage offer in Exodus chapter 19 verse 8, where the people said, All that the Lord has spoken, we will do. So the outline of the terms and the conditions or the marriage contract is called in Hebrew a ketubah. So the Torah is seen as the ketubah or the marriage document on which Yeshua's marriage to his people is based upon. So the ketubah entails following his Torah, which is summarized in the Ten Commandments, and most of the commandments that Yeshua gave to his people at Mount Sinai are commandments associated with the proper way to treat other people. And this category of commandments is called in the Bible judgments, or in Hebrew, mishpat, the plural being mishpatim. So in Exodus chapter 20, which is the chapter that outlines the Ten Commandments, it says in Exodus chapter 20, verse 1 and verse 6, And God spoke all these words, saying that he shows mercy unto thousands of them that love me and keep my commandments. So we can see from Exodus chapter 20, verse 6, that the grace or the mercy of the God of Israel is given those who seek to follow his Torah, that his grace or his mercy isn't instead of his Torah, as he shows mercy to thousands of them that love him and keep his commandments. So after giving a summary of all the commandments, which is represented in Exodus chapter 20 by what is called the Ten Commandments, the details of these commandments begins in Exodus chapter 21 verse 1, and they are called in the King James judgments, but in Hebrew they are mishpat singular or mishpatim, plural. So in Exodus chapter 21 verse 1 it is written, Now these are the judgments which you shall set before them. The word judgments is the Strong's number 4941. It's the Hebrew word mishpat. And the generic meaning of mishpat is to make a decision about something. As human beings, we spend our entire day making decisions. We decide when we're going to get up, what we're going to wear, what we're going to eat. We decide what we're going to do. We decide throughout the day what we're going to say to other people. We decide when the day is over when we're going to go to bed. So the act of making decisions is called mishpat. And the God of Israel wants us to make daily decisions in our lives based upon his values in his heart. So ultimately the God of Israel wants us to make 
proper decisions regarding what is right and what is wrong. And he wants us to make decisions in our lives according to his standards of justice and righteousness. So one application of mishpat is in a court setting. Because in court, you decide what is right and what is wrong. And an honest judge and an honest jury will weigh the evidence and make decisions based upon proper justice and righteousness. So properly treating other people and knowing right from wrong and choosing right from wrong being merciful to other people and treating them with justice and righteousness is how the God of Israel wants us to live our lives according to his Torah. In Leviticus chapter 18, verse 1 and verse 4, it is written, And the Lord spoke unto Moses, saying, You shall do my judgments, my mishpatim, and keep my ordinances to walk therein. I am the Lord your God. So once the children of Israel physically came out of Egypt by putting the blood of the lamb on the doorpost, and remember, they were delivered out of Egyptian bondage by grace through faith, and this spiritually represents Yeshua through his shed blood on the tree in delivering his people from the sins and the bondages of the world in which we live in. When we receive his shed blood in our hearts for the forgiveness of our sin and receive him as Savior and Lord of our lives, to use common Christian terminology, that is when we become saved and born again. Being born again means the Spirit of God becomes alive in us. But the goal of coming out of Egypt wasn't just to put the blood of the lamb on the doorpost. Because the God of Israel brought his people out of Egypt to take him to the promised land. So the God of Israel wants a people after his own heart, who follows after his ways, who loves our neighbor as ourself, and treats people with justice and righteousness. So therefore, when he brought his people out of Egypt, he had to bring them to Mount Sinai to share with them his heart, his ways, and his values. And then he wanted his people to live out his heart, his ways, and his values, called his commandments, or his judgments, or his mishpatim, on a daily basis, and to teach it to their children. If they failed to walk in his ways, they would die in the wilderness. But if they were obedient to following his ways, he's going to cause his people to inherit his promised land. So in Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 1, it is written, Now therefore hearken, O Israel, under the statutes and under the judgments, the mishpatim, which I teach you to do them. And what's the reason why he wants us to keep his judgments or his mishpatim? That you might live and go in and possess the land which the Lord God of your fathers gives you. So the coming out of Egypt was based upon putting the blood of the lamb on the doorpost, being saved, redeemed, or delivered by grace through faith. But going into the promised land is based upon and dependent upon his people, keeping his Torah as represented by his statutes and his judgments. In Deuteronomy chapter 16 verse 20 it is written, Justice and only justice shall you pursue that you might live and possess or inherit the land which the Lord your God is giving you. So now let's see what the Torah has to say regarding social justice or the proper way that we treat other people. So as we've just seen in Deuteronomy chapter 4 verse 1, in Deuteronomy chapter 16 verse 20, by following the judgments or the mishpatim of Yeshua, we will live. And the Hebrew word here for live is chai, and it is common in Jewish culture 
for two people to give a toast to one another. And when they make that toast, they say the words l'chaim or to life. And the Hebrew word chai is associated with the Greek word zoe, which means to have the best that life can offer and give to you. So by following Yeshua's commandments, his Torah, his statutes, and his judgments, he wants us to receive the best that he has to offer us, which in the literal journey of the children of Israel out of Egypt was to inherit the promised land, to ultimately go to Jerusalem where there's going to be a king that rules over his people from Jerusalem. And historically, that first king was David. So a king that would rule over his people, that is all 12 tribes, from Jerusalem, which is alternatively called Mount Zion. So the best of life that the God of Israel offers us through Yeshua in being saved by grace through faith is when we seek to do his will in our lives and be a faithful bride unto him. And one that seeks to do his will in our lives and be a faithful bride, his greatest reward is to spend eternity with him in the new Jerusalem. So spiritually being the bride of Yeshua and living forever in the new Jerusalem is our ultimate promised land. So in Leviticus chapter 18 verse 5 it is written, You shall therefore keep my statutes and my judgments or my mishpatim, which if a man does, he shall live in them. So in other words, the judgments or the mishpatim, which are commandments about how we treat other people, the God of Israel wants us to do these commandments for our good, that we may have life in him. In Ezekiel chapter 20 verse 11 it is written, And I gave them my statutes and showed them my judgments, which if a man does, he shall live in them. So Yeshua was asked a question by those who sought to follow the Torah. Of all the commandments in the Torah, which are the greatest? We see this question being asked of Yeshua in Matthew chapter 22 verse 36 as it is written. Master, which is the great commandment in the Torah? So first, Yeshua answered the question by stating the greatest commandment in the Torah. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. We see that loving the Lord our God with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength is associated with keeping his Torah, his statutes, and judgments. In Deuteronomy chapter 11 verse 1 it is written, Therefore you shall love the Lord your God and keep his charge, his statutes, and his judgments, and his commandments always. Then Yeshua further elaborated his answer to the question by stating in Matthew chapter 22 verse 39, And the second greatest commandment in the Torah is like it, and that is, You shall love your neighbor as yourself. So, the commandment to love your neighbor as yourself is the last part of Leviticus chapter 19 verse 18, which says, You shall love your neighbor as yourself, I am the Lord. And Yeshua expressed the application of loving your neighbor as yourself in Matthew chapter 7 verse 12. Sometimes this verse is referred to as the golden rule. Therefore, all things whatsoever you would that men should do to you, do you even so to them. For this is, meaning the heart, of the teaching of the Torah and the prophets. So loving your neighbor as yourself doesn't replace following the Torah. It is following the Torah. Once again, at the end of Leviticus chapter 19 verse 18, it is written, And you shall love your neighbor as yourself. 
I am the Lord. In referring to this commandment, Paul taught in Romans chapter 13, verse 8, Owe no man anything but to love one another, for he that loves another has fulfilled the Torah. So Paul continues in Romans chapter 13, verse 9, For this, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not kill, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness, you shall not covet. So these things that he itemized are a part of the Ten Commandments. And if there be any other commandment or ones that are associated in length of these, it is briefly comprehended in the saying, namely, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. So why did Paul only mention those specific things in the Ten Commandments? Because these are commandments regarding how we treat other people. Because the conclusion of what he was trying to explain is how we properly treat other people through loving your neighbor as yourself. So Paul says in Romans chapter 13 verse 10, Love works no ill or no harm to his neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfilling of the Torah. And Paul explains this same principle in Galatians chapter 5 verse 14 as it is written, For all the Torah is fulfilled in one word, even this, that you shall love your neighbor as yourself. So now since we understand the principle, how do we apply the principle? In Isaiah chapter 1 verse 17 it is written, Learn to do well. Seek judgment. Seek mishpat. And what's the heart of seeking mishpat? The heart of the proper way to treat other people? Relieve the oppressed. Judge the fatherless. Plead for the widow. In other words, those in our community or society that needs our help and are in risky or vulnerable situations themselves regarding their ability to help themselves. So in Isaiah chapter 58 verse 6 it is written, Is not this the fast that I have chosen, to loose the bands of wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens, and to let the oppressed go free, and that you break every yoke? Continuing in Isaiah chapter 58 verse 7, Is it not to deal your bread to the hungry, that you bring the poor that are cast out to your house, when you see the naked that you cover him, and that you hide not yourself from your own flesh? We can see the emphasis on these things in the prophets from Jeremiah chapter 7 verses 5 to 7 as it is written. For if you will truly amend your ways and your doings, if you truly execute mishpat between a man and his neighbor, so we can see mishpat primarily is speaking about how we treat other people, if you oppress not the stranger, the fatherless, and the widow, then will I cause you to dwell in this place, in the land that I gave to your fathers forever and ever. In Amos chapter 5 verses 14 and 15 it is written, Seek good and not evil that you may live. And so the Lord, the God of hosts, shall be with you as you have spoken. Hate the evil, love the good, and establish mishpat in your gate. Treat other people properly and administer righteousness and justice. It may be that the Lord God of hosts will be gracious unto the remnant of Joseph. In Micah chapter 6 verse 8 it is written, He has shown you, O man, what is good and what does the Lord require of you, to do justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. In Zechariah chapter 7 verses 9 and 10 it is written, Thus speaks the Lord of hosts, saying, Execute true judgment and show mercy and compassion every man to his brother, and oppress not the widow, nor the fatherless, the stranger, nor the poor, and let none of you imagine evil against his brother in your heart. 
So truth in the Bible is associated with making righteous decisions. In Zechariah chapter 8 verse 16 it is written, These are the things that you shall do. Speak ye every man the truth to his neighbor, and execute the judgment of truth and peace in your gates. So let's summarize what we've covered in this part of the teaching. Number one, Yeshua gave the Torah at Mount Sinai, and at Mount Sinai there was a marriage that took place between Yeshua and his people. It was based upon keeping his Torah, his commandments, and his mishpatim. In biblical culture, the terms and the conditions of a marriage is called the ketubah, between the bridegroom and the bride. And by Yeshua's bride, keeping his Torah, his commandments, his mishpatim, which is the proper way to treat other people that he gave at Mount Sinai, he has promised that his bride will have life. That's the Hebrew word chai, which is the best of life that he has to offer her. And she will inherit the promises that he made to her. So the highest form of life that Yeshua offers to those that believe on him is to be his bride and to live forever with him in the New Jerusalem. Number two, the two greatest commandments of the Torah is to love the God of Israel with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength and to love our neighbor as ourself. Number three, we show our love to the God of Israel by keeping his Torah, his commandments, and his mishpatim. That is, the proper way to treat other people with mercy, justice, and righteousness. Number four, we love our neighbor as ourself when we treat our neighbor according to the mishpatim of the God of Israel or according to his standards of righteousness and justice. The God of Israel wants his people to know and follow after the character of the God of Israel, which is outlined in Jeremiah chapter 9, verse 24, as it is written. But let him that glories glory in this, that he understands and knows me, that I am the Lord which exercises loving kindness. This is the Hebrew word chesed, which is often translated in the King James as mercy. Judgment, which is the Strong's number 4941, which is the Hebrew word mishpah or plural mishpatim and righteousness which is the strong's number 6666 it's the hebrew word zedekah for i'm the lord your god that does these things in the earth for in these things i delight says the lord so now let's see an attribute or the characteristic of the god of israel is he's a god of truth in Exodus chapter 34 verse 6 it is written, And the Lord passed by before him and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abundant in goodness and in truth. So the God of Israel is abundant in truth. The God of Israel is abundant in mercy, or chesed. Once again, Exodus chapter 34, verse 6, The Lord passed by before him and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abundant in, the King James says goodness, it's the Strong's number 2617, and it's the Hebrew word chesed, which is often translated in the King James as mercy. In Psalm chapter 63, verse 3, we're told that the mercy, or the chesed, of the God of Israel is better than life, as it is written. Because your loving kindness, your chesed, your mercy, is better than life. 
my lips shall praise you. The mercy or the chesed of the God of Israel is expressed toward those who fervently seek after and follow his ways or that have reverence or fear of him. In Psalm 103 verse 11 it is written, For as the heaven is high above the earth, so great is his mercy or chesed toward those that fear him, that want to please him, that want to follow after his ways. So the mercy or the chesed of the God of Israel is toward those who seek to follow his Torah or to keep his commandments. In Psalm 103 verses 17 and 18 it is written, But the mercy, the chesed of the Lord is from everlasting Well, that's going to conclude part 12 of the series on the subject, Our Spiritual Journey from Egypt to the Promised Land. Shalom in Yeshua the Messiah. Amen. Thank you, Eddie. This is Stephen Morgan, and all of us here at Hebraic Heritage Ministries pray that you have enjoyed today's teaching. If you've been blessed, will you help us to share this message with others? Hebraic Heritage Ministries is supported by your generous financial gifts. In order to help you in your studies and to help us share this message with others, we are offering today the DVD, Yeshua the Lawgiver, for free for a love gift of any amount to the ministry. Hebraic Heritage Ministries also offers a monthly discipleship program. If you are interested in starting a fellowship group in your area, let us know. We would like to help you. Please contact us for more details. Our website is hebroots.org. That's H-E-B-R-O-O-T-S dot O-R-G. We would like to hear from you. Please send us an email. Finally, in order to take advantage of today's free offer, please mention this product offer and please mail your love gift to Hebraic Heritage Ministries, P.O. Box 81, Strasburg, that's S-T-R-A-S-B-U-R-G, Ohio, 44680. Until next time, may Yeshua richly bless you.